So we're going to be starting a new series today called The Love of God. Um, and in the series, I'm going to be speaking, obviously because I'm up here right now, um, but Hayden's also going to be speaking and David is going to be speaking eventually as well. So it's good stuff coming for you. Um, and we're going to be basically covering different areas of God's love for you to understand and grasp and take home with you. So that's going to be great. Um, I'm just going to start by being honest with you. I feel like just now there was these new, this news that hit me, and I feel like um, it was like a bit of an attack of the enemy. But I'm honestly in this place of just feeling so encouraged right now because I feel like the reason that I did get this news and that um, there is this distraction in like that was set in place um, was because this message I really believe a lot of you have to hear. I believe that there's so much strength and so much power in the, like, um, just knowing how much we are loved by the Lord. And I don't think I'm just trying to say this lightly. I really mean it. Um, yeah, that was like, whoa. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just know, I feel like this is so powerful. I'm going to start with this question. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Do you believe that this morning? Yeah? Amen. Yes. Um, this week has been so interesting because as I was preparing for this message, there were so many good things happening, so many good words from the Lord, and yet there was that backlash that I'm just talking about right now. Um, and it's exactly for that same reason. There's just such power in that, and I think something that the Lord wanted me to tell you right now is the fact that um, when... Hmm, the enemy doesn't want you to know how loved you are because that would give you power. Because you would become so much more powerful and so much more of a threat to the enemy. Um, so he's tried so many different ways to water down how loved you are and actually you believing it and taking it in. I think that um, we hear that all the time, like, we love you, you God is love, and all these things. And sometimes it becomes so almost redundant sometimes, and we start to, like, be like, oh, yeah, 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 and put it aside. But I'm here today to tell you that God's love is so powerful, and it's pursuing you right now today. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So if you would not mind, would you open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13 for me, please? I'm actually going to do it with you. <laughs> um, let me see. After, ah, we're so close. Where is it? Oh, there it is, found it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to take a moment and just read this out to you. Um, so if you have the slides to put up on the screen, that would be wonderful if you guys don't have a Bible or a phone. It says, If I speak in the tongues of man, men and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic words and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I have, and, all, and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. 
As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. When I was... uh, uh, spoke like a child, thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I've been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So this morning, I just want to touch on something, Um, this word of truth that God has just brought revelation to, and um, it's going to be on the screen in just a moment, but it's this. The enemy often tries to make you believe, or yeah, to make you believe that we lack something that we actually have. So I'm going to repeat that once more. The enemy often tries to make us believe that we lack something that we actually have. And we see this in love. (laughs) What does, okay, this is a question. What does the world tell us about love? Um, it tells us it's something that is either has to be earned or it's something that is conditional. For example, um, in order, bless you, <laughs> in order to receive love, the world tells you you have to be pretty enough or successful enough or cool enough or sporty enough or like Zac Efron or <laughs> um, Ryan Gosling or something like that. I don't know. Um, It has so many conditions, like do this or do that. But yet the Lord tells us otherwise. He says, you are already loved. We were loved from the very beginning, and we're continually loved until this very moment right now. Um, This month, God kind of just called me out for a little bit. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever been called out by the Lord. You have this thought, and you're like, ooh, yikes. (laughs) You're right, Lord. Um, and that thought was that he was, he told me, he's like, Ismari, you've been people-pleasing me. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you've been people-pleasing me. You've been trying to earn my love. You've been trying to earn um, my forgiveness. You've been trying to earn all these things by doing good things. And he wasn't saying, like, good things are bad. He was saying, thank you for doing those good things. But you need to acknowledge and learn and know that your love has already been given to you, and you don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. It's already been, like, set out aside for you. And I was like, shoot, God, you're so right. (laughs) And I think the reason that I started to do that in the first place was because I started to buy into the lie that the enemy had given me, which is um, that I lacked something that I actually already had. He made me believe, or not made me, because we have a choice. But I started to believe this lie that Um, we, that I had to work for this love, but it was already there. Um, so if you follow me to Genesis 3, um, we are going to find the story of Adam and Eve, which we've all heard about, I'm sure. Um, if not, they were in this beautiful garden and they ate this fruit and now we're here. Um, summary of the story. But, um, basically I wanted to cover the moment where, um, Adam and Eve both got tempted by the enemy to take this fruit. Does anyone remember what the enemy had told them about the fruit? Like, eat this and... Yes. Good job. Yes, you will be like God. That's what he said. So Genesis 3, 5 says, For God knows... or This is what he said. He said, For God knows that when you eat of this... 
or eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But there's something wrong with that sentence just there because if you look two chapters earlier in Genesis 1:27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. The image in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And what is that saying right there? It says we already looked like God. We were already like God. But what the enemy was trying to convince them was saying, hey, like, you're not like God. Here, take this that you're not supposed to, and I will make you like God. And then we buy into the slide that we needed to when we already were living in abundance in him. Um, yeah. Da-da-da. <laughs> When we believe these lies, we end up um, exchanging our inheritance and our what's rightfully ours in exchange for something that's counterfeit or lesser than. It's like, um, okay, let's say someone comes up to you and says, hey, I have an iPhone X for you. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. My phone right now is cracked and not good. <laughs> Um, it kind of once, okay, side story, once my phone got run over by a car, it was kind of a bummer. It was super shattered. It was great. <laughs> and then I was off to camp right immediately after, so I couldn't fix it for a week or take pictures, which was such a bummer. But anyway, so you were given an iPhone X and they said, okay, I'm going to give you this iPhone X. It's already ordered. It's in the mail. You just have to wait like two to three days shipping. Okay. You're like, great, this is awesome, this is great. Then this other person comes up to you and says, oh, it's Mari, that's me, um, in case you didn't know. Um, I have a phone for you that you can take right now. It's so cool, it has, it's colorful, it has great like features in it, it's great. And I'm like, wow, cool. And he, they're like, yeah, and you don't have to wait for this iPhone X anymore. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Okay. And then you end up with this. Oh, it was already on there. I think. No, I don't know. But then you end up with this. It's this plastic phone that, yes, it's colorful. Yes, I guess it has some features. But you can't call your friends with it. <laughs> like, you can't even text with it. And I think that that's what happens when we end up believing this lie <laughs> that um, we, like, we exchange our iPhone X for this toy, you know? I have another example. This one's kind of fun for me. <laughs> it's as if, okay, so exchanging your inheritance to something counterfeit is as if you were given the opportunity to play for the Oregon Ducks, and then you ended up playing for the Beavers. Oh, <laughs> I loved it, but look at me. That's me with puddles. We're best buds. <laughs> Honestly, just wanted an excuse to include that photo because I think it's cute. <laughs> um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the devil is not creative. He is not creative, and he's been using the same schemes to try and, like, cheat us out of our inheritance since the very beginning, since like Adam and Eve. And right now we're experiencing that also with just love. Um, and this is something that just came to me not that like a couple minutes ago, but in 2 Corinthians 2.11, there's this passage about forgiveness and it talks about how we are to forgive and all these things. And at the very end of it, it says, forgive, basically, in parentheses, forgive, 
so that, or for we are not, so that, oh, that's what it is, so that we may not be outwitted by Satan, by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Yes, I think I got it. Guys, I'm so proud. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so just that, so that we may not be outwitted, for we are not ignorant of Satan's designs. We are not, like, we are not in this place of just having to fall or trip into something. We get to have this choice because of the Lord to either choose what is given, choose to believe what is given to us or not, which is so powerful. It's so powerful to know that. Um, yeah, so then, okay, close ah, my place. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so then the lie becomes, so, okay, this is, what is the lie? Then what is the an enemy trying to trick us into believing, which then would just be the fact that we have to work for what we, that we would have to work for earning God's love, or that we would, we don't have God's love at all which we know is not true, and hence the lie. Um, I would like to bring you guys to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7. What it says is, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or uh, resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love is, the concept of love being spoken in this word right now is not just something that's far away. It's not just something that um, sounds pretty or that you put on Pinterest and you like and you repin because that's my life. (laughs) Um, Or that you just like see on bumper stickers is something that's so real and active and pursuing and just reckless and just amazing, and it's something that God is giving to us and has already given to us. Um, God would oh, something. God would not tell us that He has this beautiful love for us. He would not tell us um, in First Corinthians, "This is what love is," and then not give it to us. He tells us what love is because He Himself is love. If you, someone once told me that if you take that same passage that I just read and you replaced all the loves for God, it would fit just as perfectly the same because God himself is love. So I'll just read as an example. So it says, love is patient, love is kind. Instead of love, you would say, God is patient and kind. God does not envy or boast. It is not, he is not arrogant or rude. It does not, he does not insist on his own way. He is not irritable or resentful. And then it goes on. These are all qualities of the Lord because they're already ours. He's already ours, and he bought us with the price. Hence, his inheritance and his qualities are now our qualities that we get to have. Um, Yeah, so I'm just here to tell you that God didn't die on the cross so that you could feel constraint to trying to prove yourself, to trying to make yourself better or like make yourself good enough to be loved because you already are loved. And if someone comes to you and tells you, hey, you're not good enough right now, or tells you like, or even like when a breakup happens or something like that and it crushes you, that's not because of, that does not leave you without love. Your love stays consistent. It stays the same. It is strong and it's like literally pursuing you each and every day. Um, 
Guys, we just need to stop believing these lies. We need to stop believing and hearing the enemy and saying that we're something that we're not. And I love that God is just so quick to replace it. He's so quick to, like, chase after those lies when they happen. He's so quick to um, fight for you. So even when we're in this midst of, like, being attacked with these lies, we get to know that we have this confidence in the Lord who pursues us and fights for us and protects us. The fact, okay, yeah, the fact that the enemy, okay, sorry, the fact that the enemy is um, just trying to distract us from that just proves how valuable it is, and I think it's what kind of this whole sermon started out with saying is that um, there's like a reason, I think, why the enemy wants to distract or wants to use like like even like little spiritual battles here and there to try and divert you from this is because he's, it's the power that love has, the power that God has through love is just unquestionable. Um, it's unimaginable. And as that last verse says, so now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. And something that Pastor Jeff actually shared with me while I was um, looking at this passage and trying to prep for it, he said something that stood out to me. And he said, the reason that so that only love abides or like is the most greatest of faith and hope out of hate, faith, hope, and love is because faith will pass away. There will be one day where faith will be no more when we're in the kingdom. We won't need it as much because we're going to just be in God's presence. Hope is, we're hoping for that moment that we get to be with the Lord and have this hope for a greater tomorrow. But when we're in heaven, it's already going to be the greater tomorrow. But love, love is going to be consistent here now, and it's also going to be consistent then, which is what is like just amazing about it. Um, yeah. So lastly, my last point is love is a choice. Love without a choice is not love at all. It's actually slavery. (laughs) I feel like, um, you, for example, would not ask your friend to hang out and your friend wouldn't be like, oh, I have to hang out with Aaron today. I have to hang out with Campbell today. Um, it would be like, oh my gosh, yes, I get to hang out with Ashley today. Like, I get to be with them today and just like go in and have coffee, explore Portland, do Bible studies, or just go skateboarding or rip sticking. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Um, and it'll be super fun. And the fact of the matter is, if they did not want to be with you, that wouldn't be love. Even if they were hanging out with you, even if they were doing the right things, it would just be forced and it would kind of be a bummer (laughs) for sure. So basically, love is a choice. And I think that brings me to this thought of even going back to Adam and Eve and to the Garden of Eden and how they had two trees to choose from. And I think that one of the reasons of that, and maybe I'm wrong, but maybe one of the reasons that they had two trees is because they had a choice. Those trees allowed them to have a choice to either get to love God or to not, or to like choose something else. And um, unfortunately, we kind of like went for the other tree. (laughs) Um, But even from the very beginning, even in the perfect world, God never forced us to love him, which is like amazing. Um, yeah, so this morning I would just encourage you to just take a moment, even as we start to close, even as the um, band comes up, 
um, which I would love for them to come up in this moment, um, to just actually invite the Lord into that conversation of what love is in your heart and in your life, to invite God um, to reveal different areas of ways that he has loved you and is still loving you and will love you, um, and to just take that moment to choose him, to choose love, to choose his goodness that he so desires to give to you. Um, last point, or second to last point, we cannot in any way, shape, or form compensate for the lack of God's love. So if God's love is not there, and we do all the right things and all the right works, and we do just amazing things, and we're so successful, that's never going to fill the void that love can bring into our life. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just the truth this morning. That's what I feel has been on my heart and has just been marinating for a couple, like, a week or days or whatever, however long it has been. And ultimately, it goes up to this point. It's just knowing that you're fully loved by God. You are fully, fully loved by God, and you don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. And I know I've said that a couple times already thus far, but I really, really mean it. And I just would love, if you're taking notes, to just circle that, to just remember that, and to know that God has, just as much as God wants you to choose Him, He has already chosen you. That side of love has already been taken care of. And He is just like desiring and waiting for you his friend to call and just be like yeah let's hang out because I want to hang out you know not just hang out because I feel like I have to or because it's the right thing to do but because God really loves you and wants to spend time with you